0: My best self looks like, um, in the words of Lil Duvall, um,
1: I'm living my best life. I ain't going back and forth with you. I think that's, that's my best self, though. Like, you know, really being 100% true to who I am, as long as I'm true to who
0: I am, like, I don't got to answer nobody but God. So, that's what it is. It is important to exhale because exhaling is where your release lies. If you do not exhale, you do not release anything. Think of it as you take a deep breath. You inhale and you exhale because they work together in the process of the entire situation. If you do not exhale, you are withholding what you're inhaling.
1: Creativity is my superpower because I create clothing with it and it makes women feel empowered and they feel good when they look at themselves and I feel like that is my purpose because that's something that I can control and I can create that experience for women. Time to
2: exhale means being able to release your best self. It means tapping into that side of you that normally you would keep bottled in. I think for a lot of us, we keep ourselves sheltered. We keep ourselves in a box because either we're afraid of who we could be or afraid of what others might think. welcome to the time to exhale podcast where we have intentional conversation to influence our generation thank you so much for tuning in i want to give a special shout out to our live studio audience who are here with us so if you don't mind go ahead and give yourselves a round of applause awesome. <laughs> <laughs> My mom was in the building, y'all. Y'all heard her. Um, I also want to give a special shout out to our sponsor, the Kyra Company, who has afforded us the opportunity to have this episode aired with the Sphere Podcast Studios. So, thank you to the Kyra Company, ladies.
1: Yes, we're here. We are.
2: Are you guys excited? Yes. (laughs) I'm excited too. We are finally here. So I am super duper excited about the cast that we have here with us today because these ladies are very near and dear to my heart, not only because they're my friends, but because they have decided to commit to time to exhale and join the journey with me. Um, When I was thinking about the types of women that I would like to have join me on this journey, I was thinking about women who, um, as Jada Pickett Smith said so well during her her speech at the MTV Awards, was it, right? Mm -hmm. She said that she chose or she was celebrating women who are trailblazing um, in the area of the battle that they face with themselves, and so when I thought about women who are trailblazing, who are constantly winning the battle of um, winning over themselves, I thought about Sheree, I thought about Satara, and I thought about Vanessa. And so again, ladies, I want to say thank you so much for joining this journey with me. It means so much to me. Thank you. Yes. So ladies, let's dig in, let's get started. So today we're talking about the healing and why it's important to heal and what that looks like for us. So Mm Sheree, I'm going to ask you first, Mm -hmm. what does healing mean or look like to you?
1: Mm, Forgiving everyone and loving myself Mm. and just moving forward, Mm. that's what healing truly looks like to me.
2: I like that. I like that so at what point did you recognize that there was something that you needed to heal from
1: mm. when i heard it from more than one person mm. the same situation i heard the same scenario from one person
2: mm. so satara you have a very interesting connection with the healing process right and so i love satara y'all because she's a she's a preacher if y'all didn't know <laughs> She's a preacher. She's a pastor, but so she knows. She knows. So, Satara, how did? What was your approach to your healing process and your and your special situation that you had? What was your unique approach to going through your healing process? The first time,
0: it wasn't real. Mm. It was like a halfway process. It was the social media process. Mm. You know the. Speak affirmations over yourself mm. and read the Bible and mm-hmm. all that, but you don't realize that healing, as well as it is beautiful, it is also very ugly. Mm. There are times where you will not feel like getting out of bed in the morning. There mm. were times you be angry. You like God, I need to forgive mm-hmm. this person, but then they speak to you and you're like, I don't really want to speak to you. <laughs> right. So it's like you have to get to a point to where you realize that one healing. From people, it takes a lot of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And there's this lie that says you forgive one time. No, Mm -hmm. every time you think about that thing, you Mm -hmm. need to forgive. Mm -hmm. And that's what it looked like for me, a repetitive process
2: Mm -hmm. until I was out of the cycle. Mm -hmm. So one word has been repeated several times at this point, forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So Vanessa, what is forgiveness to you? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What is forgiveness? It's like a full
0: mind, body, and soul experience, yeah. yeah. Because you can't just say I forgive someone; mm-hmm. you have to actually feel that, yeah. And like you have to acknowledge what happened to mm-hmm. why it hurt you, yeah. And what you're actually forgiving, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people don't realize you can say I forgive this person, but if you yourself aren't actually forgiving them, it means nothing. Mm-hmm. So forgiveness for me, it's
2: actually acknowledging that hurt, working through that hurt, and trying to find another <laughs> way on mm-hmm. the other side. So when you forgive someone, do you think that you necessarily have to cut them off or in order to get through that process? Or is it that you can still be in a relationship with this person, whether it be friend, significant other, mother, father, whoever it may be. Do you feel like you can still be connected to this person while you're going through the healing process? Or do you feel like it's best for you to just cut them off and move forward? Not
1: questions for anybody. I think you can still be connected with them because mm-hmm. you can be in a relationship and be hurt from somebody mm-hmm. and still working on forgiving them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's you can still be in a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. I also
2: think. Oh, sorry.
0: She just like uh-huh. she has something to say Look, I like, have something to say Look, go ahead <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I think it's dependent on the person and the mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. because sometimes we forgive people and we're supposed to let them back in and continue forward with the relationship and sometimes we have to cut that person off mm-hmm. because no matter I have a this belief that when we're not meant to be with a person god will continue to send lesson after lesson after Mm -hmm. lesson after lesson after Mm -hmm. lesson and that last lesson will be one that will have you literally ready to go to jail Mm -hmm. and that's the point (laughs) where you need to be like okay i was supposed to forgive you and let Mm -hmm. you go instead Mm -hmm. of forgive you and keep you and help you along the way right yeah that's basically it like you know you you don't want to think like if i forgive you I need to cut you off.
2: Right. Because sometimes
0: that's not really forgiving. You run from the issue. Right. And I've been both of that. I decided like you know what I'm forgiving you but I'm going to forget you and mm-hmm. hold right. so I don't actually have to deal with that problem true. and but I'm actually not I'm hurting myself because I'm not working through that issue mm-hmm. so
2: that's so true oftentimes we think that we're like healing from the process by just avoiding it completely and that's not necessarily true because then when that situation or that person shows up again then we're going through this whole anxiety situation mm-hmm. we go through this where we're this process where we're remembering everything that they did and that anger comes over us again and that's not a pleasant feeling for us because they're not even thinking about what they did to hurt you anymore Mm -hmm. at all. So um, depression kind of goes along with the forgiving process, I think, Mm -hmm. and I think when you don't forgive yourself for the things that you've gone through or not forgiving yourself in a sense of not believing in who you are, whose you are, and being confident in yourself, I think that you can oftentimes go through a spiral of depression. Mm -hmm. So have either of you experienced depression in that way? where you have a situation that you haven't either forgiven yourself from, mm-hmm. someone else for, or things of that sort? Mm-hmm. Does that question make sense? Yeah. Okay, explain it to me. What did they look like for you? I don't know how pin that's. <laughs> no, <laughs> we started it. <laughs> uh, I think I've been
0: I've battled with a lot of depression in yeah. over my 24 years yeah. of life. And sometimes I've, I've looked at it more of a weakness mm-hmm. than actually giving it the name depression. Mm-hmm. And I was, but I've always been that person that's like, if I have a weakness showing to the other people, mm-hmm. it's not a thing. Yeah. Can't happen. Yeah. So, with that, I've been depressed on my. I'm very self critical. Yeah. So, I do it to myself. Yeah. I don't get affected typically by what the words of the outside world are. It's me, myself, doing mm-hmm. it to myself. Yeah. yeah. I might break myself down when it's like, Vanessa, it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. But that's what I do to myself. And no matter what anyone else says, can give you, can, can try to build you up. Mm-hmm. It's still your own mental game. Right. That's basically what I end up battling with. Right. Desire. Oh, I didn't know what you were going to me. But um, I have, I've probably think three times. Mm. The first time I didn't even know I was depressed. Mm. That's the scary one where you yeah. don't even know. Like, right. and then somebody tells you and you like, what Yeah. because in the black community depression it's looked at as a disease yeah you know? like there's something wrong with you you just got an attitude you got a bad attitude right mm-hmm. you're anti-social you are antisocial. you do not like people it's right. okay and I held on to that for so long not realizing that I was indeed depressed mm-hmm. and when I realized that I was depressed that's when I realized okay look Sitar, you got to do something about mm-hmm. it because you walking around thinking you're normal when in actuality you're not mm-hmm. you're normal to the people around you because they don't realize that they're depressed mm-hmm. from things that they've been through so going through depression like Vanessa said I am my own worst critic yeah I will beat myself up like right Mm -hmm. now if I did something like I don't know wrong here I'm gonna be like oh my god I ruined Kayla's life (laughs) (laughs) that's how I'm gonna feel Mm -hmm. but it's like we can't be like that because Mm -hmm. while we're beating ourselves up God has already forgiven us for what we've done Mm -hmm.
2: but you know, you know, but you said something interesting. You said you recognized it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you recognize it without anyone else telling you, or was it that you had someone along the way who told you that this is what you? This is what you were experiencing. How did you recognize that? Oh, uh, someone told me.
1: Mm.
0: Someone that had already not exiled theirself from their family, but they realized that they were different.
2: Mm. And I always
0: felt like I was different. And she told me, you're different. I said, oh, thank you. But I didn't realize that she was getting to the point of you're different because you re- you're depressed. Mm. And your depression is so real that you're carrying the depression of others. Mm. And I looked and I was like, girl, what? And she was like, you're depressed and you need to do something about it because you will never get anywhere in life holding on to anything.
2: Wow. And that was it, child. Thank you. putting people in your life, That's right? Right. Being intentional about putting people in your life. So depression comes with triggers. Oftentimes we're triggered by things that take us down that spiral, mm-hmm. and then we're deep in it, and it's hard to pull ourselves out. So Shiree, mm-hmm. what or how did you figure out what your triggers were
1: when you experienced a depression? Mm-hmm. One of my triggers was was school. Mm-hmm. I battled a lot with school mm-hmm. and just if it's a workload, if I have a lot going on, mm-hmm. um, like my senior year, I went through like a really, really bad depression. Mm-hmm. I was working two jobs, 17 hours in school. So mm-hmm. I put a lot on myself. And like mm-hmm. they said, um, like when I have a lot going on, it just, it makes me, I, I become real mean to myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very, um, I can't think of the word I'm critical, looking for. It's very critical Yeah, yourself, very, very yeah. critical. So I put myself there a lot of mm. times. And my mom always tell me, like, you got too much going on. You mm-hmm. want to do this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my triggers. If I have a lot going on, mm-hmm. am I talking to anyone. I'm just trying to get it done. Because mm-hmm. I can put myself in um, overload with mm. work. So wow. that's one of my biggest triggers, if I have too much going on. Wow.
2: I think the first time that I ever realized that I was going through my depression was when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of us first encounter it in college because of the workload, because of the new mm-hmm. environment, because mm-hmm. of the new responsibilities. And I don't think we talk enough about it right. in the college field, you know what I'm saying? We don't talk about it with our college students enough and I think that if we catch them there, mm-hmm. I think that we can change their adulthood as they grow up into their, their professional careers, into their social lives and things of that sort. So. What are some ways that you guys think that we as millennials can make a difference in meeting people at the need of finding a solution to their depression, or finding a solution to folks who feel like they're lonely, they're by themselves, and mm. things of that sort?
0: Mm. Honestly, I feel like a lot of tools that go hand-in-hand with handling depression aren't available,
1: because,
0: mm. or you fear that if you do them, you're gonna be looked at as weird, mm-hmm. or like therapy. Some people feel like, honestly, a lot of people in the black culture feel like therapy is just like a fluke. It's yeah. If you need, look, if you need to talk to someone. Just talk to God, and it's right. like sometimes you just gotta cry it out. And right. Just, I just a physical body there, right. And I can go home and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna cry about it again. Right. It's just something like that can help you mm-hmm. grow and actually handle those issues. Mm-hmm. And like. Another tool I just tried was hot yoga. Yeah, it was something that I always look was looked at like, okay, this is for you know our kind, That's right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? No, they hyped it up. Right. Yeah. They all they always look relaxed. I was like, right. no, let me try it, and mm-hmm. I honestly fell in love with it because mm-hmm. that was like a moment where your mind is completely at rest. Right. It forces you to have no distractions. Right. And I love the place I go to because they always tie in religion to it, mm. and. They try to kind of like, you know, try to keep it up, but you know, they're like, okay, this is a time period where you talk to God, this mm-hmm. is the time period where you come to rest and you mm-hmm. realize that you are enough. And they have a whole like speech at the end of it. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, y'all knew I was here, why I was here. You right. knew what my issues were. You right. knew that I was having a battle with something right. within. And tools for the youth of our generation and mm-hmm. younger mm-hmm. aren't always like deemed as okay. Mm-hmm. And some people just need like girls to talk to, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have that. Right. Or they are surrounded by a lot of people that don't
2: have their best intentions in mind. And you actually are taking me right into my next question. How has your sister circle influenced your healing process? Mm, majorly. Majorly, right? What about you, Sheree?
1: Yeah. It's, it's a big change, because yeah. I didn't have that. Right. So it's a really big change. And I haven't had any episodes or anything since I formed the Sister Circle, so yeah. Yeah. it's a big help. It's
2: so interesting, because I asked God. I said, I need friends in my life who are like-minded, who want the best for me, like how I want the best for them, who will push me to see my best self. And I believe, I honestly believe that you guys here have definitely influenced that in my world. If I need to call somebody to talk to, if Vanessa don't answer, I'm calling Sheree. And Sheree is going to be like, girl, you tripping. Get your (laughs) life together. Like, why are you judging yourself so badly? Like, stop, you are fine. And I love that so much. And I think that a lot of the times, we literally just need somebody to tell us, I get you, mm-hmm. I see you, and you gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. So how do you think that we can um, influence more of people wanting to, wanting to have a sister circle? Because there's women who are like, I don't want friends. Mm-hmm. How can we influence them to actually want to engage with the sister community?
0: I think we need to find their group.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: because you don't always have to have the pretty group, right? Know? If you're into tomboy things and you mm-hmm. feel like, oh, sitting pretty all the time is not for me, I don't want right. That's a lot of people like girls, they feel like, oh, I hang out with nothing but guys, I don't need to be with all those like right. girls. There's some other girls that hang out with nothing but guys, right? That don't like the girl, you need to find right. your group, right? Well, right here it's diverse. Right. Everybody has their own style, everybody has their own mind frame, but it's all still like, you know, saying like it's all still yeah. formed together where right. we can talk.
2: We all walk differently, but right. we're able to learn from each other's path. Right. Mm-hmm. So And being comfortable with self. Yes. Being comfortable with self 100%. How did you become okay with who you were? Because a lot of us, and myself included, mm-hmm. I've struggled with being one with who I am and being confident in who I am. So how did you guys find your confidence in who you were walking in that and being okay with the light that you bring within your sister circle? Because for a lot of us, we have a big light mm-hmm. and our friends get intimidated mm-hmm. by that. So how, how are you okay with being a big bright light in your circle? Outside of God.
0: <clears throat> um, and you know, reading the Bible, I'm fearfully and wonderfully outside of him. <laughs> there, I was on Instagram one day, and it was this post that said, I bring too much to the table to be treated like a napkin. Mm. From that moment, mm-hmm. my whole life changed mm. because Instagram models are important, and video girls, mm-hmm. and mixins, and this and that and third. And with my life, and who I'm dating, and all of that stuff, it's very hard to remain you Mm -hmm. because there's this misconception that there's this certain look for Mm -hmm. a first lady or a minister's wife Mm -hmm. or who have you. And I'm not that girl. I don't wear church hats. I do not like to do my makeup. You will not catch me in church Sunday through Saturday. That's not my thing Says I need to go to sleep. <laughs> like, it's not my thing. And it was very hard for me because I was like, how am I supposed to fit in? How right. am I supposed to be able to walk in a church knowing these people are judging me because I don't look like them? Mm-hmm. And I had to reach a point where I said, it's hard. Everybody's not going to like you. They didn't like Jesus mm-hmm. because he didn't look like them. So if he made it, why can't you? Right. So, yeah, that was my,
2: yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Satara is always dropping gems, ain't she? Mm-hmm, <laughs> every time, every time. <laughs> I love it. Satara, so, you also said something very, very, very important during your intro on the, your little clip on the intro video. You said if you don't exhale what you've inhaled, then you're basically withholding those things. How do you release those things that you know are hindering you from being your best self? How do you release them? For Vanessa, it's hot yoga. Oh, yes. <laughs> Look. I'm stay. <laughs> I need it like that little minute, right. Oh, sorry. That it feels so good.
0: Right. And I I was like hot. I don't like being hot. I was like, Okay.
2: <laughs> all right. And then I was like, Oh, I
0: could do this. This is cute.
2: Right. <laughs> Clay, what's your way of releasing? I know we talked about this before, mm. but since we've had that last conversation, have you found a way to release what you've been like withholding, what's been keeping you back from being your best?
1: Yes. It's honestly prayer. Like, mm. that's the best solution for me. Mm-hmm. And I actually, um, after I pray, I work on it. I see if I'm doing the same things or if I'm thinking the same way. But it's mm-hmm. all prayer. That's good.
2: God is good, ain't it? He? He He's is. so good. All right, you guys. Well, let's
1: go into our next,
2: our next topic, which is sisterhood and what that looks like for us, right? So sisterhood is very, very important for the Time to Exhale community. Mm -hmm. We've been talking a lot about basically having a sister circle and how that has been very important for our journey of healing and things of that sort. So when you are looking for people to, or not necessarily looking for people, when you are um, vetting people Mm -hmm. who want to join your sister circle, what are your requirements real? Being real, being mm. true. Yeah. 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 What about you, Sitar?
0: Um, I like honest people. Yeah. Because, you know, there's real and mm-hmm. there's honest. Yeah. Like, for some odd reason, people feel like being real. Like, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Know no, that's not being real. That's <laughs> just right. rude. Right. Like, I love <laughs> honest people, and I love people that are genuinely them. Mm-hmm. Like, in my group, in my sister circle, like, even sitting here with you guys, mm-hmm. it's almost as if I lost... So many friends because i realized that they were not honest mm-hmm. but then i gained so many like i would have never met vanessa and Shere if it wasn't for you mm-hmm. like i'm okay with line. being around <laughs> women that are okay with doing their makeup and then i know like if i come out and you say let's have a girls night and i know one person is not gonna have that makeup but that's gonna make me feel good about myself <laughs> because i don't feel like doing my eyebrows all the time right like to you have. To have to <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> i'm I appreciate honesty mm-hmm. among women because I feel like that's what's lacking the mm-hmm. most. Because social media is so powerful mm-hmm. that we all feel like we have to look like Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. all the time and we don't. Does she wanna look like us? To you. <laughs> oh <my God.
2: laughs> what are your requirements when you are vetting folks to be a part of your sister circle?
0: I just want them to be genuine and authentic, because mm-hmm. a lot of people they put on a portray what they
2: think you want. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and it's like, okay,
2: who are you? Right.
0: Because push come to shove, I need to know you as a person. Right. And if we don't click, mm-hmm. it's okay. Right. Like, I think that's the issue. People don't like not meshing with everybody.
2: Right. And yes. I'm like, you don't have to. Right. I
0: realize that that's that's my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't mess with everybody. Like. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I know that it's no hard feelings. Mm -hmm. Our personalities
2: are just not in the same way. Right. And that's just, yeah. And that comes with knowing who you are too. Mm -hmm. If I know in my spirit that your spirit ain't aligning with mine, I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna force it, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not gonna force myself to align with your values that I know do not align with the integrity that I have for myself. If your values are I like to go out and show a whole lot of skin. I'm sorry, I don't. Right. I like to cover up, you <laughs> know? Like, I don't like to show a whole lot of skin. Um, but anywho, moving forward, um, there's been times when we all had to cut friends off, mm-hmm. and Satara has mentioned that. Vanessa has definitely gone through it. Mm-hmm. Sheree has gone through it. Um, what did that experience look and feel like, having to cut a friend off, someone who you thought was gonna be your friend for life? Mm-hmm. What does that feel like? What does that look like? How did you deal?
1: Mm, for me, I just knew it was time, and mm-hmm. um, I guess discernment, like like mm-hmm. having that, j- just knowing that like that person isn't for you, Right. Like, th- they genuinely want to harm you, and if it's not in a way that's physical, it's any way they can, mm-hmm. and you have to be real with yourself and notice that, like, that's not your friend, Yeah. and honestly, you know, you have those thoughts like, God, you know, was that my friend, but right. you have to be true to yourself and understand that everybody isn't your friend. Right, right.
0: Shazara? Um, it was hurtful. Yeah. And it wasn't hurtful in the aspect of I lost a friend. It was hurtful in the aspect of I had to realize that the same lengths that I would go for people, they wouldn't do that for me. Mm. And it's crazy because the day I lost a friend, the same person that I said that told me about me being depressed, she got mad at me because I was like, um, I don't know whether to go to, the Baby shower or should go to the dinner. I'm just gonna b- b- go to both. I can make both, they're like two hours apart. And she was like, Satari, you're always trying to go to these things for people and you never do stuff for you. Tell me something, when you had your birthday dinner, how many of them came? Hmm. And I said, hmm. you got a point. Mm-hmm. It hurt me to know that I had the pressure that people placed on me of, you need to come to this, you need to come to that. Right. So I put that on myself. Right. Now realizing that when it came down for me, nobody really showed up
2: mm. so yeah that hurt and then I felt better when I got over it so I actually saw a post recently that said don't expect people to be as attached to you as you are to them and that hit deep mm-hmm. because I know how hard I ride for people mm-hmm. and not to receive that in return it's like "But well, why wouldn't you I would do it for you right mm-hmm. they didn't ask you to that's just who you are mm-hmm. And so we put again we put that pressure on ourselves, that responsibility on ourselves, but don't expect people to return that because they not they don't they don't actually have those same qualities as you as right. you have. So Vanessa and I have an interesting relationship because we actually cut each other off oh for a moment. Like, we gonna go there. Okay, you wanna talk about it. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> So there was a moment in our friendship and the reason why I even brought up the question for cutting people off and things of that sort because I wanted to get to this Mm -hmm. because we actually had a moment in our friendship where we had to split ways. We were no longer aligned in our thought process. Like we are like this, like sisters, all of us pretty much are, but like, We met in high school and we were like this, right? And so going into college, we split ways and that was very hurtful for both of us. It was very difficult, but I felt like we had to go through a pruning process. Mm -hmm. We had to get those things that weren't necessarily good qualities of ourselves out of the way so that when we came back together, we would be better individuals and then we would be able to support each other, I think, in a better way. What do you think?
0: Oh, 100%. I would say this, that Kayla was the only friend that I've cried when we weren't friends. Like, it was, like we broke up. Like, yeah, broke it was up. literally like a breakup. <laughs> I was just like so <laughs> We're not friends no like, oh It was ugly, like everybody knew that knew us mm-hmm. knew we weren't friends. And I'm like Ah oh, brush up. No, we're not friends. Right. And it was like to the point where it was, it was they were like, Wait, you haven't talked to her in months? And I was like, right. Yeah. And we can't go days without like girl I haven't talked to you since yesterday. Right. It was literally one of those. So yeah. honestly, I feel like that period of time when we weren't friends, we needed that yeah. because I felt that in that time period, we became very dependent on each other. Yeah, It was like, well, I'm not making friends, but I always have my best friend. Right. I can always talk to her no matter right. what. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like hindering us from branching out. Right, Because we were so close mm-hmm. all the time, it gave us no reason to seek out other friends. Right, And it was just like, us against all of the girls. Right. It like, <laughs> so it honestly, we needed that break because right. it was one random, I'm a random makeup a day, but Tuesday at like during the day and I get a call and I'm like, I deleted her number. So I knew the number that popped up though. It was mm-hmm. that real girl. Right,
2: it was that deep. I, I wasn't shocked. You I wasn't was blocked. Like, I, wasn't I mean, it was that. home. I still loved you. Like <laughs> we
0: just were <grown> friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw the little number pop up. I <laughs> and she's like, okay, I apologize, you apologize. coming from again, okay. <laughs> Well, hello to you too, Kayla. It's been about six months. Wow. And it was literally, we just had, like, had a kind of like, brief moment where we just had them just let it all out. Like, right. look, we both need to grow. We both right. were mentally going through some things. Right. and." the break was perfect for our friendship because right. after the break, we've been become closer right. and more understanding right. with each
2: other's space. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, it was so very necessary. And the reason why I really wanted to bring this up is because a lot of women don't, Recognize the fact that your best friend is her own person. Like these mm-hmm. are people going through their own situations, mm-hmm. going through their own hard trials, and in that moment, they can't show up for you. You can't show up for them. So allow them to have that space. If you really love them, like how you say you love them, mm-hmm. allow them to have that space. Mm-hmm. Allow them to get through it. Text them every now and she ain't never text me, but text them every now and then. It's still making it Look, you think you're gonna
0: text my, you just broke up with me on the phone. Right. It was, it was literally like this. I was going off to school, my first time going to university. Mm-hmm. And it was like the week end before I was leaving. And I was like, hold on, what? We ended this friendship right before I'm leaving? How you gonna do it like that? Right. Who am I gonna talk to? It's my first experience. Right. And so it I think that hurt more. Right. And so it was just like, honestly, I feel we were were dependent on each other. Yeah. And I think now it's like, I didn't get a text today. I'm gonna talk to her in a couple days. Right. So it's okay. Right. Cause at first it was like, so you didn't text me back, but that's why like, you posted something on Snapchat. So you had your phone. And I was like, I'm not your like, man, was and you're not my no, <laughs> it it man. It, like like, like, <laughs> it felt like that. So it was literally like, that's a, literally was like arguments. It was like, hold on, what's well, my chat? This isn't the thing. You're not my I'm, boyfriend. Not, I'm not your boyfriend, you're <laughs> <even laughs> not mine. So I was like, if I didn't text you, I'll t- talk to you when I can. Right. right. And that's kind of like, the break mm-hmm. allowed us to develop like, oh wait, that's my best friend, right. but I don't own her.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: That's my best friend, but she has a life. She mm-hmm. has a boyfriend. Yeah. She has. Trying, I don't have a boyfriend, but I'm out here with <laughs> my best life. <laughs> but it's like I'm, you know, our time is our time. Mm-hmm. So it was needed for us to realize because we were in like a weird space where it's like, but you're my best friend. Right. Like, you don't have a life without me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was That's that how weird. It, it was that. Yeah. It was that deep. Yeah. And I mean. I guess that's why we're still friends to yeah. day from high school. Too. It's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. That's yeah. my girl. Y'all all my girls. I mean, <laughs> like, this development that we we've grown. Right. Girl, I done
2: learned
1: something. Right,
2: right. <laughs> I heard the story. Right. <laughs> well, thank you, ladies, so much for joining me on this lovely Saturday yes. afternoon at this point. Thank you to my live studio audience for joining us. Yes, and again, thank you to our sponsor, the Kyra Company, for sponsoring this episode. You are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to like, share, and comment on this video. We look forward to having all feedback. We look forward to discussing what you guys think about the show today and moving forward with connecting with you guys in the Time2XL Networks community. I am Kayla Johnson, your host. Thank you, and have a great rest of your day. Woo!